Well, I only have one way that I can open this. The dead speak. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's morbid. <laughs> yeah, that's <I> morbid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, listeners. Despite my failure at a, a killer opening line, we are doing an LP episode on uh, the rise of Skywalker. Actually, I was thinking about this. I was like, this is as far away from the type of content that we normally do as you could possibly get. But the amount of times on this show that we've covered like Disney, Star Wars, Pixar, it's actually like not shocking that we would do a Star Wars review episode. I think it's crazy we haven't already. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we did an episode on an airline merger. So (laughs) and it's kind of like enterprise software. So, yeah. That that voice you hear, listeners, is uh, Chathan Putagunta from Benchmark. And I was thinking about this, Chathan. I think you are the only repeat guest in the history of either acquired show. Wow, I'm yeah. honored. Yeah, we we have to give you a special title. Yeah, honored guest, co-host emeritus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you get? What did the honorary degrees you get like? Uh, Muhammad Ali got one in my graduation for college. Oh, the, really? The like a doctorate? PhD. Yeah, you the get doctorate. doctorate. Yeah, there's like, yeah, I think that's something like that. Arts and letters? Yeah. <laughs> What's the, uh, well, he could be a strategic director. Yeah. Oh, I like that. There you go. Venture partner? Because since this is oh, the it could be a show, venture yeah, partner. Yeah, I think he's yeah. a venture partner. Venture, venture, venture <laughs> yes. capitalist, venture partner. There yes, we go. There, that's right. Great. There we have it. So, uh, so LPs, um, Chath and I were catching up a few weeks ago and we spent like 45 of the 60 minutes that we had together talking about, it was before the movie came out, talking about our excitement for the movie and expectations for it. And Chathan gave me a spoiler, which I didn't appreciate and mentioned some of the reviews. I was like, you know what, if we can spend 45 minutes of our time catching up on this, maybe we should actually do a proper episode when the, when the film comes out and, uh, and talk about it. And so and I, my understanding is you've seen it how many times i've seen it three times how about you all i'm a i'm a two-timer i'm just a i'm just a lowly one time (laughs) (laughs) between the three of us we have six viewings that averages out to two per yeah but in a i have not watched a we're not going to talk about this no spoilers on this episode there are spoilers for rise of skywalker no spoilers for mandalorian i have not watched a tv series in years since friday night lights was the last one I oh did. wow i just I, I can't like i can't justify the amount of time sure it takes i, d- I did the mandalorian i, I watched I, a lot I, of bench, tv and it, it, i loved it yeah I thought it was so so good yeah so i mean three we should, times now i've told yeah. david the show is this episode is not about the mandalorian and like somehow he found a way myself. to steer it is <laughs> 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 very good and then we're gonna do a lot of spoilers first rise oh, wait, of skywalker have, have you seen mandalorian now yeah i have Oh, I watched it so all. you, okay. Right. I wanted to, I wanted to wait until like the last episode was a day away so that I could just it. see it as a, like a continuous uh, show. You wanted to truly binge it. My, now that you've seen it, do we want to say it's okay to have Mandalorian spoilers or do we want to make this episode more accessible to more of the audience and stay we can make we can refer to it but i don't know but it's like it's pretty distinct universes at this point yeah i mean yeah eventually the mandalorian will show up into this trilogy but like it's pretty far removed yeah yeah okay 
All right. All so, right. listeners, from here on out, this is officially the spoiler horn of sorts. Uh, you have been warned. Rise of Skywalker, if you haven't seen it and uh, you don't want spoilers, do not continue to listen. And Mandalorian, we will have light allusions to uh, things happening, but we will try to stay relatively spoiler-free on that front. So structure for this episode, uh, first we're going to go around the table. We're going to talk about our overall impressions of the film. Then we're going to move into specific things we liked about the movie, then go into things we did not like about the movie, and then we may bring in some standard acquired episode uh, structure from there depending on uh, on time. And I'll leave that. Uh, uh, I won't talk about what that is yet. and we'll, we'll let the conversation evolve organically. So does anyone have a burning desire to start about what you think of this film? I want to go first. Yeah, yeah. I think you I said. think. Look, I think the part that uh, Ben started this episode alluding to of the minor spoiler was that I was telling him about the Rotten Tomato <laughs> score. And, you know, you see this clear bridge between critics and fan score. The tomato meter has it at 54% and the audience score is at 86%. You know, it's a pretty remarkable... Disparity. Difference, yeah, exactly, yeah. of like... And then if you compare it to like Last Jedi, it's 91% tomato score no way. and 43% audience score. It's a great way to, to frame it up that like The Last Jedi was much more a film for critics and a film for sort of like film buffs. <laughs> if you can make a Star Wars film for film buffs and like The Rise of Skywalker is a little bit more sort of a popcorn fan service movie that is definitely not yeah. designed for film critics. Which yeah. is, of course, yeah. the difference between J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. The interesting thing is Force Awakens was beloved by both. You know, like yeah. Tomato Meter, it's like 93% Tomato Meter for The Force Awakens and 86% for Audience. So The Force Awakens, you kick off the new trilogy. It's like, okay, we're back on solid footing again. Right. Like, like, hell yeah, everyone feels <laughs> good about it. I basically yeah. just watched the new, A New Hope again and yeah. like, it was awesome. It was like, okay, we hit reset. We can yeah. like... Whatever you feel about the prequels, whether you want to be like super unique and contrarian and say they were good or <laughs> logical and say they sucked. To the record, where, where, are you, where are you on that? I was not a fan. I'll, you know, I will say that the f very Phantom Menace, I enjoyed because I watched it. Yippee! Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was like a kid's movie. Yeah. And yeah. it had pod racing and the pod racing tied to a great video game video game great on video N64. Game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of us played that on like Mac OS 9. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I played it on a console, but like there was a clear link to a video game. Um, there's a really funny YouTube video about the last fight in The Phantom Menace. It's like uh, miss and dodge in case. It's hilarious. I, I encourage everybody to check it out on YouTube about how it's a terrible fight, actually. But you know, when you're like watching it, it's really fun. And yeah. the John Williams score behind it is like really fun. And so yep. I thought the Phantom Menace was really fun. The The following two episodes in the prequel trilogy um, left me with a lot of desire for more. And so you get you get to Force Awakens and it's like a nice reset button. Kylo Ren's really cool. You're starting to see like uh, you start seeing like Luke Skywalker. Han Solo was awesome amazing like he you know so good. he did he did he is such a good arc for that character and then you go into last jedi which i frankly enjoyed i thought it was like a fresh take but then you come into 
this one, The Rise of Skywalker, and you see how problematic The Last Jedi was because you killed Snoke. So it's like, who's the bad guy now? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it was kind of cheesy to go back to the Emperor. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, well, we're going to go back to the bad guy. And then, well, how did he How did he come back? And it was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. Um, and he's <laughs> in this faraway land and he's built this amazing army with all these people. Where did they come from and how have they been hiding and, for 40 and years? All of my dislikes about the movie, like <laughs> one he, by one. Like, had a child at some point. Like, there was a woman that was whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, oh, just just like, oh, just accept this. And it's like, okay, fine. If you like, if and then what I did like about it was that they just started with it. They were just like, we're not even going to hide it. Like the emperor's yeah. alive. Deal with it. Now go. And it's, it's crackling throughout the galaxy. <laughs> yes, exactly. And what I enjoyed was it just felt like one of those Disneyland rides where it was yeah. just like, yeah. we're going to take you to the, all these different worlds. It's all going to be really fun. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't be too <laughs> serious. You're here for the lightsabers. Like it'll be fine. And you know what I enjoyed was that it was a pure popcorn movie. It was like, yeah. It was a really nice, fun film. It's rewatchable. Um, you, know, you would know. Yeah, <laughs> it's obviously rewatchable. Um, it's fun. Every time through, it's fun. It's like, it's light. There's nothing, you know, nothing too serious. Like, it's it's a very much like on the surface and like doesn't want to deal with too many serious themes. And it just, it just moves. And the movie yeah. moves yeah. too. And because they're going it to so many planets. Fast. It moves like it, fast. It, they cut so much out of this movie. Like I, yeah. I, I know you want to talk about the the JJ edit later, but the I, we should point out that like the script was clearly like twice as long as this oh, movie yeah. ended up being because it just the the pacing is nuts. They I mean, move. The, did you know that opening scene is actually on? Um, what's the planet where uh, Vader becomes Vader in the light? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, um, right. Uh, and then he builds that crazy palace that we see briefly yeah. in Rogue One. Which, uh, um, well, 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 Chathan yes. Googles it. The, the opening scene where he's like finding the wayfinder and he's like, you know, fighting yeah, Mustafar. Those, like, Mustafar. Yeah. He's on yeah. freaking Mustafar. Yeah, and like, exactly. it's, it's Which so I cool. I didn't realize and, like, until Googling afterwards that is the same planet right where, where Obi Wan, you know, delimbs him, right? Yeah. 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 It's all Mustafar. Yeah. yeah. Delimbs de- him. Delimbs <laughs> him. But yeah, like, can you imagine? I like, have the higher ground. So much- <laughs> <laughs> Which obviously means you win the fight here in Star Wars. Like, <laughs> oh, that's all it took the whole time was to yeah, get the higher ground. Exactly. So, but the, the, I mean, we're on Mustafar. There's so much interesting lore there. And like, what do we get? We get like eight seconds of slashing through a forest, him grabbing the wayfinder and then flying off through the gate. It's like, whoa, okay. Like we're not, that's all we're going to get a Mustafar. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, right. so yes, my pacing. M- so just to start with the overall impressions, I am more in the audience score camp, which is that I thought it was really fun. I thought it moved really well. It was a lot of fun. It's really rewatchable. I think it, it'll it stand the test of time as just a fun movie. I think Force Awakens uh, was better because it was such a, such a wonderful reset. And then The Last Jedi is just different. It just yeah. takes Star Wars to a place that, that it hasn't gone before. And so... I think those two are the outstanding <coughs> movies of this trilogy, but this is a, f- a fine, fun way to end it. I mean, it's not, it's great. I, I enjoyed it. That's so, that's my initial impression. All right. I can go next. I I have some other stuff I want to get to, but I'm going to save for a, letter, a later section. Very similar reaction. 
I felt the whole time sitting in the movie theater next to Jenny, I we kept turning to each other and just smiling. It was like it was one of those where you're just like, yeah, in the it's middle a Disneyland of ride. It's a it's a ride that is exactly you nailed it. But the minute I walked out of the theater, it hasn't stuck with me in the same way as almost every other Star Wars movie. And while I did then Google all the lore and find out about Mustafar, I was kind of, I was like, it felt like I was doing it because I had to. I didn't want to Google all the lore. And like, whereas definitely Force Awakens and, and Last Jedi too in its own way. I was like, I cannot wait to get on Wikipedia and Wikipedia as soon as the the credits roll. Like, And I just I just didn't have that desire to go deeper this time. That's my hot take. I largely agree with Chathan and the thing that I'll throw out that is sort of my like overriding angst with this film is they really needed to pick one director for this whole trilogy and let it be their vision. And it was just so clear that JJ was sort of like undoing and or mopping up the Ryan stuff. I can't remember where I, maybe Chathan, maybe you told me this that like, the yeah this was you that uh jj has this sort of like film style where he tees up you know these like big questions of who who are raised parents you know who is snoke like we got all this interesting stuff in uh in the force awakens i mean force awakens let's be clear was a new hope in like a modern era with slightly newer characters and really awesome graphics, but like uh, the plot line. It's a bigger Death Star. It was, it was, it yeah. was a new hope in for the modern era with yeah. like right. female lead. Like, Tons you know, it, it was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Star killer plant, star killer base. Yeah. Not yep. Death Which star. is a great reference. The whole, like, <laughs> yeah. So, the, so, but, and then Ryan Johnson comes in and for anyone who saw Looper, like Ryan in his element is an amazing director and he's like, he's an artist but it's not, it's by no means popcorn. And so then Ryan comes in and says, those questions JJ asked, not only am I not going to tell you the answer, I'm going to basically tell you those questions don't matter. Like the answers to those questions are unimportant. I know we were built up to this, but like, it's almost like a melody that doesn't resolve and your brain is stuck on this note of like, ah, I thought it was supposed to resolve <laughs> and, and it kills you. And then, so when JJ comes back in and he's like, oh, I really need to deliver a finale for this franchise. Like, he kind of undoes that and says, oh, they do matter. And here's, how, here's <laughs> yeah. what they are. And the pacing required to do that and the convoluted insanity of some of the plot points, you walk out of the movie and you're like, I can kind of see how that works. But like, gosh, that is a that, that's not like an elegant threading of an explanation to these answers. That's like a, I, I, I did check all the boxes in answering those. But gosh, it was kind of painful to get there. It's like, I created Snoke. And then you see this, like, little test tube thing. I created <laughs> Snoke. Yeah. Oh, look and at all these like, baby Snokes floating around. <laughs> yeah. They were never going to explain. You're like, so there were multiple Snokes? And okay. at first I'm like, so, okay, it's like, figuratively, because this guy thinks he's, like, really important. You know, Palpatine is, like, the big bad emperor. And so, like, yeah. oh, he created everything. You know, he's, and he's yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, I literally grew him in this weird tube. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Well, I guess we're not going to explore that the, at all because all pacing, the, boom. Um, there was a, there's a term for them in the in the lore but uh all the people in the like stadium audience around you know at the end with the final battle like right. who are all those people <laughs> right like, it's like all those the are Sith all the Sith. there it's yeah. like all the Sith. it's like a big party it's like yeah. the super bowl of Sith. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, okay. So I have a question on that. Is this, and like, I, I know this is the wrong section for this, but whatever. This is acquired and like all the sections bleed together and everyone knows this. <laughs> if there's only ever two Siths at once, like, is that still yeah. true that there are, are only ever two? Yeah. What happened to that? Like, yeah. I am, we're all the, you get all the Siths. It's like, how did, like, it, in the Phantom Menace, it was like, they're always two. They made that right. clear. And so, and, like, in the baddest living Sith, is it always true that then they contain all the previous Siths? Like, is that what we were sort of, like, no told idea. to walk away with there? That, like... I guess. I guess. So, like, yeah. I had a little bit of confusion around, like, were those all Force ghosts? Or are all those Siths, like, actually active and alive here in the in the world? Because, uh, like... they like they the sure mid-level felt... managers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They sure felt more present to me than, like, you know, Obi-Wan did in A New Hope. But in getting into this convoluted crap, uh, like Force ghosts can now like use the Force now and can like grab lightsabers out of the air and oh, like, yeah. actually interact. Yeah. So what is the difference between a Force ghost and like the real world anyway? Well, they can do lightning too. Remember Yoda does lightning. Yeah, that's yeah right. what the hell? <laughs> like as a Force ghost, he lights up a tree. That's true. Um, so... Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we should talk about what we like. So, what do we like? What do yeah. we like? Okay, guys. Then, number one thing first? anybody should like from this movie is Chewie gets his medal. Well, that it's was like cool. uh, best yeah. thing ever. And yeah. it took me a second to realize what was going on, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this is the fan service moment that was yeah. like that everyone's been angsty about since the end of A New yeah. Hope. It's a it's beautiful. Like, why didn't Why didn't Chewie get a medal? Thing. Right. Yeah. So that. Not <laughs> it would be I would this would be a bad movie if I said that was my favorite part of the movie, but like that, <laughs> that, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that moment. I really I really liked the end. I, I really liked Ray Skywalker. Uh, I thought that was it just it just made me yeah. smile. I even, 100% even though, teared up. Like yeah, I almost I actually like cried. Yeah, even though well, we'll get into Ray's parents and her family in the backstory, but I I, I loved the end. I thought Kylo was just really great i thought kylo yeah. was a, I thought, he's such uh, good actor so yeah good. i think adam so driver good. did a really good job i think adam driver is a really good character and i liked the allusion to kylo ren's suit to like vader's suit yeah. the like similarities between like um the inspiration from samurai suits I liked when like the mask broke and they put it together with like that red stuff, which yeah. was like another when the, like, when the ape did it. <laughs> was it that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I swear to God, it was a monkey alien. reassembling his yeah. his, yeah. his But it was like that was another like allusion to like Japanese pottery. So like I thought that Kylo was a really mm, great character. I didn't get that. That's cool. Um, I thought the lightsaber fights, yeah. they did really well. Um, I thought Kylo and Ray's fight. On that, um, on the, on the Death on Star. The Death Star. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Oh my god, that was another time that I got really emotional during the movie. Was the uh, the when they play? I think it's technically called the Emperor's Theme, but it's basically a modified version of the Imperial March. When Ray comes into the the basically Palpatine's chamber in the Death Star, yeah, where the last the throne room, basically. Yeah, yeah. The the last scene of the Return of the Jedi takes place, yeah. and like everything about that scene is incredibly well done. Like it's so, I mean, I know it's a fan service moment because, and, and let me be clear about why I'm mad about fan service moments. I think they're cheap. 
like there are ways to get people to smile during the movie, but then like it doesn't survive and and create like this is a great movie twenty years later in the same way that like A New Hope is a great movie thirty years later. So like every time there's a fan service moment, there's a part of me that's like lit up inside and like this is so awesome, and then there's another part of me that's like ah this is kind of a cheap a cheap thrill. <laughs> so like I even though it was a big fan service moment, I thought it delivered just like incredible yeah. deep emotion where you're you you felt all of the chill of. Return of the Jedi right there came right back. Well, listeners, this is the perfect opportunity to introduce a new sponsor here on ACQ2, Quarter. Their new product, Quarter Pro, launched about a year ago and is already adopted by several Fortune 500 companies and some of the world's largest hedge funds and equity research departments. Yeah, this research platform is transforming the way qualitative public market research is conducted. Here's how Quarter Pro works. You can get every piece of first-party information from public companies all in one single place. That's live earnings calls with real-time transcripts, company filings, slide decks, and more. Quarter Pro has built a world-class user interface for this. Yep. Let's say you're an investor or a podcaster, and you've got the use case where you need to look up a company such as Novo Nordisk, Hermes, or Visa. You can open their platform and search Guidance or Market Outlook. Quarter Pro then immediately identifies all instances where a company has historically mentioned and discussed these topics in all of their IR-related communications. Or here's another pretty crazy thing they've done that's difficult to get anywhere else. You can actually search through literally every individual slide in Quarter's database, covering 9,000 public companies and millions of slides for any keyword mention based on Quarter's AI capabilities. This truly makes it easier than ever to conduct qualitative analysis of entire industry value chains and specific companies. So whether you're an equity research analyst, an asset manager, or an investor relations professional, this platform will help you increase your productivity through their live call, transcript components, AI-powered summaries, and a feature allowing you to visualize the entire timeline and changes of specific slides throughout Quarter's. Quarter also offers their database as an API solution. This enables other companies such as trading and research platforms, as well as AI and LLM companies to build custom solutions and integrate this database into their offerings or add functionality on top of the data. Yep. To find out why leading companies globally are choosing Quarter Pro in their day-to-day work and to experience the platform firsthand, request a personal demo by visiting quarter.com slash acquired. That's Q-U-A-R-T-R no e q u a r t r dot com slash acquired or click the link in the show notes to get the personal demo from the quarter team our thanks to quarter i liked han solo coming back anytime i can get more harrison ford yeah. i'm all for it i know it I, you guys may know more than me didn't harrison ford not want to be in yes the trilogy and so that's why he like negotiated to get to die in oh, force he? awakens and Yes, and then JJ, they convinced him to come back for this one because I I heard that actually some of that dialogue was going to be that that this scene was actually originally going to be Carrie, oh, it was wow. not going to oh. be Harrison Ford, and this was like a nice way to modify it. But uh, I actually thought if this was ever intended to be Carrie, this is way better, way better. Yeah, yeah. Like this, this I it think works. is the best dialogue, it maybe in the whole movie where you have, like when Harrison Ford is first talking. It's the exact thing that he said to Kylo right before Kylo killed him. Yeah. And then they're able to like fork from that conversation. I think it's new dialogue that continues from them when he's able to like make a different decision and not repeat history. 
And I also yeah, thought that like ending with where he says, dad, and he's about to say, I love you. And Harrison Ford says, I know. That's yeah. like the greatest so both good. moment yeah. of fan service it's and good. new dialogue at the yeah. same time. Yeah. That, is, that is like the the moment on the bridge in the in the Death Star with Ray, where it's like, it's fan service, but it's, it's, what's the right way to describe it? It's like, it's so smart, like you, that you it's know good. it's going to stand the test of time. So I, like, I really it's, like it's that. Smart. There's a lot of stuff going on in the final act where they're in Exegol and but I really liked when both Ray and Kylo are separately fighting. Yeah. You know, they they gotta get through that, you know, initial before they get to the final boss. But I thought that was fun. <laughs> um, and then the two also, light uh, amazing moment in the film where she puts the lightsaber behind her head yeah. and it appears that behind was cool. that yeah. was like that's and then he stands writing. up and then does the little shrug and then he's like the, oh, the Han Solo shrug it's like yeah. you are Han Solo's son <laughs> yeah exactly that was awesome and then that I loved and the dual lightsaber defense again like yeah. huge fan service like loved it and like also the deviation from like it is return of the when is it that they use the two lightsabers and then behead the guy? Uh, that's in the prequels. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's in the original trilogy. The Anna- Anakin does that. Anakin has two lightsabers. Yeah, and it's showing like a departure from like if you were dark side, if you had turned, what you would do with these two lightsabers heading towards someone's neck is pull that move. Yeah. And like here you are like a, a centered Jedi and what you're yep. going to do is just cause the force light, like just push back hard enough to use the, his own force lightning against him and not let yep. your anger get the better of you, which by yep. the way, I, so the first time I saw this, I know I'm taking a derailment here. The first time I saw this, I was really mad because I, at the end I was like, what the hell it turned from this moment where if she kills Palpatine, then like she becomes the new Sith Lord mm-hmm. by like using her anger to kill him. Why is it that now, like now that she has two lightsabers, like she kills him and she's like not the Sith Lord and like didn't inherit all the thousands of Sith in the Super Bowl stadium behind her. And I like finally on the second <laughs> viewing was Super like, <laughs> oh, I see. Like we, she didn't act. It was she was playing pure defense the whole time. And like yeah. she just let his force lightning reverberate against him. And he sort of like killed himself there. Yeah. Which is a little bit of my like frustration with JJ convoluted plot stuff. But like on the other hand, I was like, that's actually a pretty good way to differentiate it. Yeah. But yes. Should we talk about? So that's what I like. So it was, it was Anakin fights Count Dooku with two lightsabers. Uh, And then, ah, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, that was revenge of the Sith. So yeah, that's when Anakin's turning. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Should we talk about the All dislikes? Right. Well, let me, I got to. No, I everybody's got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. So I thought at the end, Ray's lightsaber was awesome. Like the little clicky turnaround thing was like a pretty sweet little mechanism. I also thought it being yellow was really cool and like more than just like, ooh, a yellow lightsaber. The only time we've seen a non green, blue, or black one was Mace Windu because of Samuel L. Jackson's special request for purple. Uh, the yellow, I think, is her fulfilling the prophecy and bringing balance to the Force, where it's the first non-Jedi or Sith lightsaber she has officially brought balance hmm. and is like her own new thing now. 
That's great. Maybe. Like, I don't, I don't know for sure that that's what that is, but I was sort of uh, like, of course, if she constructs a, a, a her I own lightsaber, it's not going to be pure. I can't remember now, but there was, there have been yellow lightsabers in non-canon Star Wars stuff. Oh, get out of here with your Legends bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we now. making non-canon no, references? <laughs> it's, it is fair. Like all the non-canon stuff, or what was it before that? The um, I can't remember what they used to call it, but the uh, that stuff is like the inspiration for new canon, and they sort of yeah, like choose totally. what they want to bring in. So totally. it's a worthy. Yeah, I don't know why. Which, by uh, the way, is, as a as a, a side fact, was like that's such a great. But Disney does so many things, so right. Uh, but that's such a great business strategy, right? Like yeah. embrace the fan you know it's like that's embrace like a, and extend huh embrace, if only someone yeah, else had thought of that before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no you're right that's a great it's a great point and also by like being that like talk about an acquisition done right they're like yeah yeah yeah. we're gonna make a bunch of new stuff and it's all sort of confusing right now so we're gonna like choose what is canon and like sorry to everything else but like there is a disney canon now and like that actually worked. Like it went over pretty. There, there's fights on the Reddit, but like that's okay. Those people are still yeah. going to see the movie. Yep. And remember, the movie is about to hit a billion dollars in ticket sales. Yeah, but it's underperformed up. broadly, right? Like it hasn't been as big. At, like it certainly wasn't as big as the Force Awakens. No, Force Awakens no. is two was billion. huge. Two billion. Two point oh six eight. I'm on yeah. Box Office Mojo right now for all three. But it's doing well. I think you know yeah. it's gonna hit. It's gonna cross a billion. So. Last Jedi, worldwide, one point three three billion. Rise of Skywalker, nine hundred and twenty-seven million right now. Now I don't I don't know enough to say like to predict where that's gonna like okay that's gonna end up. I'm not close enough to the media world anymore to say like oh yeah that's gonna surpass one point three three or not. But it's likely gonna hit a billion. Yeah. I mean it's, only, I mean, it's gonna hit a billion for sure. Yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, if Jason just keeps going away. at the rate that he's started, <laughs> yeah. I personally over. will take it to him now. <laughs> all right i got a few more things i i really loved uh about this movie the scene where ray and kylo are both sort of like force fighting over the ship i thought was one really amazing to show that like wow she has power beyond any other jedi that we've ever seen before like no one's ever stopped a ship and sort of pulled it back down to earth and then to layer on top of that like she has sith lightning as like one of her powers and she can't control it like that was a like really badass way to tee up her sort of like wrestling with these visions that she's seeing and maybe she does have a destiny to to sit on this throne and i think it was like surprising like i was shocked in the moment to see it and also i think it sort of like holds up when you're you're thinking about like her journey as a character and hero's journey through this movie yeah Yeah, the force lightning part was really awesome super cool yeah. Uh, there was a cute little illusion toward the end uh, when she's burying the lightsabers and she goes back to visit um, Tatooine, which, by the way, ending on the binary sunset. Mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, <laughs> Fan service. She... <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. But she um, she gets on that little piece of scrap metal and she sleds down the thing to, and the music is raised theme from The Force yeah. Awakens. Like that was just that was like more fan service. But again, really well done. It was interesting, though, like, if you think about JJ's fan service versus Ryan Johnson's um, fan service, which is, like, JJ Abramson's fan, uh, fan service is, like, look, Ray's on Tatooine, two sons, whereas, like, Ryan Johnson is, like... <laughs> Are you getting it? Are you getting it? 
<laughs> and you know, Ryan Johnson's fan service was like so subtle when like Luke, you know, like just disappears and just that like the like coat just floats down and then you see the like horizon and it's like it's a very subtle reference <laughs> versus right. a very heavy handed like <laughs> Ryan Johnson thinks his audience is smarter than JJ Abrams does. Let's just say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> because we're like holding the last Jedi up as like the thinking man Star Wars here I just have to like shit on this one thing the entire decision to go to this like Vegas planet is like the most not only is it pretty boring it's also completely pointless and actually serves no purpose in the movie and all that work gets undone and so like (laughs) and then there's this weird sort of like physics question which is like these two ships that are like moving through space with no gravity somehow when one of them like runs out of fuel like they they start like slowing down and fall back within range where like they can be shot down so that this whole like slow chase through space i think was really poorly thought out and like a terrible use of 40 minutes so i just want to like before we put the last jedi on a pedestal i've always had an issue with that i've had a couple issues with last jedi which we can just throw out one was the casino planet thing is fine because he's they're trying to make a point that like you know the rebellion is still alive and the kids and the ring and all that stuff cool if you like rewatch the last jedi like it's really long yeah it's really long you almost wish they had replaced some of that with more time with between luke and ray and if you watch the like cut out scenes in the special edition or if you buy the movie on the extras, you'll see that Luke, um, when he decides to train Ray, says, I have three lessons for you. And you actually only see two because they cut the third one out. Uh, and what it's was like, the third one? it's so, you know, you see this like faraway settlement that's on fire. And, you know, Ray like gets her lightsaber and like runs there to like, because she thinks it's a raid. And she like runs there. And once she gets there, she realizes it's just a party. And then Luke is like, what were you going to do? Like, get your lightsaber and kill everybody? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what were you going to do? And that was supposed to serve as like a third lesson that like the, the world, it's a fun extra that's yeah. as part of The Last Jedi. But like, that felt like it should be part of the movie. Um, cause he's like, I have three lessons three lesson. for you. Like, it's like, I have something to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then it's like, and then of course, <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great if that was resolved? <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, you know, what's interesting is remember when they started this new trilogy, the three different movies had three different directors and then they like replaced the third movie director. Yep. yep. Um, didn't they offer, uh, eight and nine to Ryan and then they midway through eight like told ryan he was out i don't know Ooh, i don't know i don't remember that i don't know i don't know maybe oh. but like right. if that's the case like i think one of the things that i i if you reflect on it it's like okay well jj abrams set up these questions ryan johnson said hey guess what those questions don't matter and it's like i would have actually l- liked to have seen his finish to this yeah and it was like For sure. okay. it's like okay fine these questions don't matter. What questions do actually yeah. matter? <laughs> I, yeah, I would love. I would pay money to watch another uh, yeah. episode nine, like yeah. a, a different universe episode yeah. nine. Yeah, it's like Ryan Johnson's conclusion to yeah. this. 
Ryan Johnson, some some studio should fund Ryan Johnson to make a movie that uses no Star Wars IP, but is like a subtle like wink at who the characters are and just make a movie that's his episode nine. It's like Galaxy Quest is like a subtle (laughs) wink at Star Trek. (laughs) Like we should do the Galaxy Quest of the Star Wars universe. Oh my God, that would make so much money. It would. Oh yeah. You You gotta go on Kickstarter. There was a James Bond that was that way. There was a James Bond that was not 007 and was not... uh, Oh, uh... Was that the original Casino Royale? Uh, No, but there was an original Casino Royale. Oh, I don't know. It was during one of the transitions where it was like it was like one more Timothy Dalton movie before the next guy came in or something like that. But that that has happened where there's like a sort of like and they they couldn't use the um, the theme. That was one big thing where it's like a Bond movie, but it's like doesn't feel like Bond because it doesn't have the theme. (laughs) so yeah like a galaxy quest version of the star wars universe that is ryan johnson's episode like like the third installment of the trilogy that you know is like his own vision of what would be that'd be fun all right uh what else do we like anything else before we move into and we can come back to some stuff here but Poe's always. Po, I thought Poe's a really good character too. Yeah, yeah. I thought Oscar Isaac's a great actor. He's a great actor. Um, he did really well. I think, you know, the. I thought they were going to go full total fan service by establishing a relation, like an actual romantic relationship between Poe and Finn, but they didn't. Like they didn't. They like. Yeah. I was like, I thought that's where they oh, were no, going. Oh no, they're just yeah. bros. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's where it was going and you know we'll go back to the the JJ cut but like (laughs) there's so many like all the criticisms of like this episode are always like well that's not JJ's decision (laughs) JJ wanted to go a different direction with that it is worth saying that I did see um it's really weird there's like sub thousand views on YouTube but there's a somebody filmed JJ and like 10 of his creative lieutenants on the film went and like talked about a bunch of stuff at a premiere and one of the things they actually talk about someone asks him like so what was the big secret like what did finn have to tell ray and jj's like oh that he was force sensitive and like he like does that make it canon if jj is like saying that on stage like first of all that seems ridiculous to me was was it really not i love you like it really was i'm force sensitive like that's the thing that you have to say when you're about to die <laughs> i i just like i could not believe that when someone was like to- telling me about this thing and then i watched it for myself and i was like that either like jj's trolling us or <laughs> i did like that finn was force sensitive yeah that yeah, was that, was, that was cool okay. it was like i like you know more people in the in the star wars universe being force yeah, sensitive yeah. it's like 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 that the little carries. boy who could grab the broom. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, so, so so that was to move on to dislike. That was my biggest thing that I disliked. Huh. That was I, I thought the coolest part of Last Jedi was it's like oh everyone can use the Force or maybe not everyone but like so many more people than you thought. Yeah. And then that just kind of like there were little bits of the like oh Finn is Force sensitive, but but. That no, you have abandoned. to be a Skywalker or yeah, a Palpatine. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I yeah. just thought that that was sorry. What, this is dynastic. <laughs> that was what stuck with me so much from Last Jedi. Was like, wow, what if like this isn't just we've been watching seven and a half episodes where we think this is about special people, yeah. and it's like, wait a minute, it's not about special people. It's about everybody. And, yeah, fuck uh, that. It's about special yeah. people. Like this no, is Star Wars. It's, yeah, you have to be a you have to be a Skywalker or yeah, a Palpatine. A Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Or a furry green alien. Yeah, it was like. Yeah. Okay, well, we're into dislikes. 
I think it was the worst of the Matrix Revolutions meets the worst of Harry Potter. And let me yeah, kind of like Voldemort through. sucking yeah. your life. I was yeah. like, oh, as man. soon as it yes. happened, I was like, is this Harry Potter? <laughs> it was like, okay, so let me talk through the Matrix Revolutions thing first. So the lots of things are wrong with the Matrix, Matrix Revolutions, Revolutions. <laughs> as you shouldn't, much like yeah. the Star Wars prequels. So the so the Matrix is cool, right? Agent Smith is this badass. You know, he's yeah. like this incredible enemy to fight. There's bullet time. So like. For Matrix, uh, uh, what's the second one? Um, Reloaded. Like, what would be what would be cooler? I don't know. Like, how about a thousand Agent Smiths <laughs> that we have to fight? And then you have Matrix Revolutions, and they're like, I know. We got to keep escalating. What if everybody in the whole goddamn world turned into Agent Smith, and then you had to fight all seven billion people in the world? And like, what do you think of that, about that? That's an escalation right there. And it's like, as a, it, I, I wish it was like, gosh, I wish you could get more creative than just like multiplying the boss by a thousand to like make it more epic and it 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 really bothered me and so then it's like star destroyers are pretty scary you know it would be really really yeah really scary like ten thousand of of them and you know what like you know what's pretty scary like the death star weapon what if every star destroyer has the (laughs) death star weapon and you're like god damn it can you not think of anything more original and on top of all that, then, like, they were not powerful. It was like, oh, well, now that all these other ships show up at exactly the right time from nowhere altogether, like, suddenly these puny little ships can go shoot at what is effectively a Death Star weapon, presumably made out of kyber crystal, and, like, they would just blow up. Like, oh, boom. And then when they blew up, the whole <laughs> ship blew up. And you're like, oh, this thing that was, like, times 10,000 that was supposed to be, like, the big scary thing is, like, really, really randomly weak. So... <laughs> Like everything about that whole thing, I was like, "This is like the wor-. and like ex- exactly how how does a how does Neo beat uh, seven billion Agent Smiths? I don't know. Like he shouldn't, but he does. And like in the same way, we had ten thousand Star Destroyers get blown up. So that really bothered me. And it is like the war. Like to me, that is like the crucial flaw in a saga is when that's the best thing you can come up with to make it like hyperclimactic. And on top of all that, we had the Harry Potter thing where like. Palpatine is Voldemort and he's like stealing life with this like white wispy shit out of people and then he's like using that for himself like there's even like elements where like oh Ray can like heal a snake and it's like oh cute like very (laughs) Slytherin-y and it's like there's it's they're on this planet where there's like it's it's it goes even it's like more fantasy than sci-fi do you you think that was intentional the The Harry Potter reference the snake Voldemort thing I don't know. I know, but subsume like, Harry Potter mythology yeah. into Star Wars. But you you nailed it. Like <laughs> it gets so it gets yeah. mythological. Like it it goes from what was a sort of like um uh uh you know a space opera with like metal and like shiny armor and shit. And we're in this world of like it's like mysticism toward the end. This whole Exegol thing is this weird like Harry Potter mystical thing. So it was like you have that element and the Matrix thing, and it was just like God, kill me. how did you really feel (laughs) (laughs) what i didn't like was it's just because of this like oh we're just gonna make this like an adventure ride they just do so much crazy stuff in the movie like the cavalry charge can we talk about the cavalry charge (laughs) what wait what was that is there air in space Well, no, they're still on Exegol. Like, they they haven't... Right, but they're pretty high up. They are pretty high up. I mean, maybe the atmosphere is, like, extremely dense that high up on Exegol. Wait, like, wait, I don't what, know. Are you ta- what are you talking about? You know when they rush in the final battle, like, Finn leads 
a cavalry on horses oh, on the yeah. wing of, yeah. on the on, on the surface clearly, of a star destroyer in the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like gravity functions exactly. Dude, it's the a same. mythological planet. They like took a it it it, it went straight yeah. fantasy. So like all these rules don't apply anymore on Exegol. We can't I'm even with, find the planet. Who knows yeah. where it is? It's in the unknown regions. <laughs> it doesn't show any star charts. <laughs> um. The Voldemort scene, I was just like, what <laughs> is happening? And then you're just like, as it's happening. But they're not that, dead. Like he no. sucks the life, but then they're able to. Sort and of, he sort just of, like, yeah. there's like unnecessary things there, right? He's like, oh, you're a forced dyad. Okay. <laughs> Whoop, it's mine. <laughs> Like, yeah, and it's like it was interesting. It's like I'm not sucking your life force out. I'm sucking the dyad out of you, so you're no longer like bridged in this special way where you can force time through, yeah. you know, miles and miles of space. But you can. I took the life of the dyad, and now you just have your regular force sensitive yeah. life. And it's like, left. and then the cool part is, so you've got Kylo and who's now Ben, and you've got Ray. And they light up the lightsabers, and you're like, "Oh man, oh, yeah. like, shit's about to get real!" And then it's like Voldemort, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they just like it's gone, right? Like they like line up with the two lightsabers, and then it's over. It's like they just don't they don't do anything, and you're just like, "Oh man!" Uh, like yeah. you want to see him, them- like yeah, like give me my moment of like like. Hell yeah! Like let's yeah. get him, and like especially <laughs> in a movie that is a adventure. Ad. Yeah, like yeah. it's like we set this up. They're both ready to go. We haven't yet, like they fight their own little battles, and then now they've unified. It's like okay, let's go. Like we've got this like two Jedi's basically now that are gonna fight Palpatine, and then it was like no, we're they're a Force Dyad, Voldemort. Look, my fingers are healed. <laughs> you guys are fainted. I forgot about the finger healing. <laughs> His that fingers are healed, and then he like, and then like Ben wakes His eyes up. Eyes coming back was pretty badass. Like the yellow from the yeah. It and cool. then Ben know. like wakes up, and then the Emperor is like, "Oh, I'm gonna throw you like I was once thrown." And you're like, "Dude, what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing that didn't kill me somehow <laughs> is gonna kill you. I'm gonna throw you down that hole. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, what's going on? But then at least the force lightning part I thought was cool where he just yeah. like turns it up and then it's just got. Okay. Like, this is another times a thousand thing though. It's like, oh, remember how badass it was in Return of the Jedi when like he's force lightninging Luke and then like Vader is like, no, and he throws him down the hole. It's like, whoa, the force lightning was like really badass because it basically paralyzed Luke. And then this is like. His force lightning is so powerful that he can fire it at the sky and it disables every <laughs> yeah. rebel ship. And you're like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think the Exegol scene is where all my quip, like problems with the movie are. It's like, just like, you know, I watched it in a the movie theater, but, you know, when I finally watch it on, like, you know, my TV, I'm literally going to fast forward through the Voldemort scene <laughs> and then, like, throw Ben into a whole scene because it's just like, Okay, we don't need that. Yeah. Like, let's just get to force Ooh, lightning. Get, that brings up another point here, which is you can't have your cake and eat it too, guys. Like, they wanted the kiss scene, but they also wanted him to die. And so somehow he, like, brings her back to life, tra- like, transfers, you know, when Kylo saves Rey, 
So then they have this like, I don't know, minute, minute and a half where like they're both kind of like alive and it's like, it seems like it's going to work out. They're like kissing. It's, it's kind of shocking. Okay, maybe believe they made that decision. And then, oh, and then that took it all out of him. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. Either it, either he saved her and transferred his own life force or he didn't. By the way, Matrix all over again, yeah. right? Like <laughs> Neo pulling the bullet out of Trinity, yeah. like yeah. in Matrix Reloaded. Right. It's just like right. Matrix plus Harry Potter again. And you're just like, no. Are you are you guys fan of the uh the the uh, Ben Solo and Ray Skywalker kiss? I was I don't know if this is just me. I was I actually was very surprised by it. I was I was thinking them of them much more as like siblings than a romantic type relationship, but I was surprised by it. Yeah. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I I was surprised. I'm not sure I was like that mad about it. Like I actually liked that the two of them have this like really deep and special relationship that really trivializes um Finn when they're fighting and like when they're on the Death Star in that uh, off the sh- the coast of the cliffs of Moer in that choppy ocean, and like they're having it out, and like Finn tries to run in, like I actually think the writing in the direction there was great. Where you're like, no, like Kylo and Ray are like really in it here emotionally with each other and like you are a child in this and like get out like and when she like throws him back to safety it's like i want you to be safe but like you have no place in the like intensity of the relationship that is happening here what what i have with you is friendship what i have here is like something much more tied to my soul whether it's in a romantic relationship or like an enemy that i'm gonna kill whatever it's much more significant and at a higher level and i i so with the kiss thing i was like okay like I think they felt like they had to do that, but I did think that they had some like really intense, deep relationship that that I'm glad she didn't end up like with Finn somehow at the end. I thought they could have had Finn do more with the force sensitivity. Yeah, he senses Kylo on that planet, right? Because he's because Poe's like, "What's wrong? Like, what's Ray up to?" And he's like, he like he just senses that yeah. this is what's happening. I bet they did, and I bet that is some of the stuff that was cut. Hmm. It just feels like the, yeah. that they wanted them. Towards the end, like going back to what I did like, I really like the three friends hug at the end. It's like, oh, that's yeah. really sweet. Yeah. That's nice. It's like, it was great. And, you know, like Lando's back. Lando has some time. Does we Lando like have a daughter? Is that what that was? I don't know. Well, supposedly from well, the we're gonna JJ find cut, out. That it was, that was, but I, I don't know. Yeah, Chathan, tell us about this JJ cut. We've alluded to it here a few so, times. Yes. So the so it started up as a rumor. And then one of the actors that was actually in the movie actually makes a reference to it. And now it's like all over the internet. And so if you just simply Google Star Wars JJ cut, you'll see it. And so there's a number of rumors of scenes that were cut that made the movie a lot shorter. One is that apparently there's a lot more content of Adam Driver in sort of this turmoil of, you know, picking between good and evil and sort of that flip back to Ben Solo that apparently was cut more. There is also a rumor that the Force ghosts show up in Exegol of... You know, oh, when you hear of the just being like audio voices, like, the, like apparently like force huh. ghosts actually show uh. up 
including Anakin and Mace Windu and Obi-Wan and a couple others. Apparently that was cut. And apparently there's like actual film scenes with, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and stuff. Wow. So rumor. That's a rumor about the JJ cut. So all these rumors about like what's in that director's cut that apparently extends the movie to be quite a bit longer. You know, we might see like in Force Awakens and Last Jedi, when those movies were released for sale in the extras, they put in extra scenes that were unfinished that you could go watch. If they did tape these scenes or film these scenes, I hope they have them in the extras when the movie actually comes out. Oh, for sure. What do you guys think? Maybe, maybe, maybe this is proving ahead to future uh, to normal acquired sections. But what do you think Disney does with Star Wars next? Ooh, so the the thing they've announced they're doing is they're done with trilogies and they're done with the story of the Skywalkers. What they didn't say was they were done with the story of the Palpatines. So like. We, we already know they converted one movie that was going to be the Obi-Wan movie into a Disney Plus TV show. So they're going to do that. But, I, you know, I suspect there's a... I don't know if they're going to call them episode 10, 11, 12. I, there, there's going to be some, I think, Palpatine backstory. Um, I mean, if you think about happen. it, like, the Star Wars IP has withstood the test of time. Yeah. I mean, if you think about New Hope was... Over 40 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about this movie generating... It's 50 years ago. Yeah. Like generating a billion dollars of box office revenue. Like, it's just amazing that this IP has that much longevity. And, you know, we keep alluding to Mandalorian. Like, I feel like it was a huge essential component of Disney plus doing what they've done. Like if you just look at the numbers on Disney plus are remarkable. And so the amount of original content you can produce for Disney plus, um, I mean, think about it. Like what if they don't release the JJ cut as something you can buy? You can only get on Disney plus. Yeah. There's Disney plus now. Yeah. yeah. Like you only can get it out of Disney plus. Like they're going to release like, uh, like it's, it's actually, uh, it's, it looks awful, but they're going to release like eight more Marvel series. Like every one of these characters, these minor characters is getting their own series. So I hope it's not like that. Yeah. But I mean, there's just so much IP and look, Star Wars survived the prequels (laughs) to generate three (laughs) additional, yeah, like multi-billion dollar box office hits. And so I think there's something super, you know, like you create a sense of ownership amongst multiple generations now of like, you know, like our generation got access Star Wars, um, mm-hmm. whether through our parents or through the prequels. Well, I remember starting... Or the specialized I mean, editions. Oh, yeah, the specialized yeah. editions. Like, I mean, I'd seen Star Wars... In home video before, but the special editions in the movie theater, that was like a big moment for me growing up. Right. And so we got to experience nostalgia with this series Yeah, that I think the previous generation got to experience a little bit with the prequels. And so this like nostalgia fan service like ticket is one that that you can keep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like that is accessible to you. And like if they revisit the Skywalker 
arc again like who's gonna complain like if they yeah. do another three movies yeah that's the thing I, like i totally would not be mad if we yeah. stayed yeah. in scope here yeah the, it's like it you, you actually raise this amazing point that's like a movie that came out in 19 i'm 30 years old and they in this movie when they were doing fan service i had these emotional moments of nostalgia around a movie that came out in 1977 and like yeah. somehow they've pulled that off through the special yeah. editions through whatever else like holy crap that was uh 12 years before I was born and like the binary suns are setting and I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like a movie from 1977 creates nostalgia for people that weren't born in 1977. And so, you know, I think bar mitzvah in between when that came out and when it's (laughs) like, it's, you know, you have to go back and really credit George Lucas for this. Like the IP creation of the star Wars universe is probably one of the, biggest media ip assets ever created yeah um i mean i think i think as a singular um story and piece of work the star wars ip asset but the original trilogy one of if not the best mythological creation of of the modern era yeah and those that aren't interested in star wars will always tell you you know there's better sci-fi than star wars there's better like mythology than star wars there's better like sword fighting in star wars etc etc it's like no but what's unique is that it, it ties it all together it has become such a central part of american culture it is this substrate that unifies not unifies but creates common ground between generations and across sort of like it's so easily identifiable no matter where it's- you grew up the energy that binds the universe together there you go uh-huh. yeah right, like right, and you've we... got like these cheesy things that like they're so <laughs> yeah. good like so good. it's so good and you know like i wore to the first viewing of star wars <laughs> i wore a millennium falcon t-shirt and it's like yeah this was literally ip like ben was saying like ip that was created in 1977 that in 2019 somebody that wasn't born when it was first released is wearing a t-shirt from that IP. It's like the, the longevity of this is what's really, really impressive. And I think because it's like space far, far away, long, long yeah. time ago, like timelines and modernization, you can just play with it all you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's true. They'd get to drift in and out of like fantasy. It's like, sci- like, there's these lines that jump out at me now in A New Hope when I rewatched it where they say like um, they refer to Obi-Wan Kenobi as uh, that crazy old wizard who lives out there and you're like wait (laughs) what? And and they do sort of toe this interesting line between like it's not the best like nuts and bolts sci-fi it's not the best nuts and bolts like samurai sword fighting it's not the but like it it is it is the best soup anybody has ever made. Yeah. Yep. So, So then the next question is that I think we have to ask, given Disney, given everything, how do we compare that with Marvel and the state of you know now that the the new Disney trilogy has wrapped up, the Mandalorian's out there. We have a good picture what Disney's yeah. doing, and we have a great picture of what Marvel's yeah. what they're doing with Marvel. They're so different in so many yeah. ways. Uh, I feel like Marvel gets completely reinvented oh, with yeah. each generation. Oh yeah. In a way that there's not really a link to the past. Marvel really wasn't successful before. Like, if you think about, like, 
buying Star Wars and is like, whoa, like that is a that's a major cultural icon that you are on a on the risk of reappropriating or B could make a zillion dollars off of because look how many people care about it. Like Marvel, when they bought it, was like, uh, that's like that that old set of comics, and like a lot of people have made movies already based on these comics. Remember, it was and, like, Brian Roberts, okay. you know, in the Disney Plus episode. But it was Brian Roberts, the Comcast CEO, being like, "You bought Marvel? You paid how much for a comic book company?" <laughs> right. Yeah, and but four billion, right? That Star Wars and Marvel were both around four. Pixar was seven. Yeah, Lucasfilm yeah. film was four point oh five billion, and I believe Marvel was. Say four point one, I could be wrong, but anyway, you know, the the MCU I think is much better at uh, executed than the the more recent trilogy of Star Wars. No doubt in my mind, in in like breadth and in ability to for John Favreau, honestly, to tie it all together in a really compelling way. Um, Like somehow they whiffed on that with Star Wars, which hopefully actually they're giving Star Wars to Favreau now. Now that he's EP of the or producer of the Mandalorian, yep. Um, like I'm hoping that he's going to sort of do the same thing, but um, I'm honestly worried about the post MCU future of Marvel after watching this like Disney plus show. That's like, here's all the new Disney yeah. plus Marvel shows that are coming <laughs> out. And you're like, Oh, never watching that. But like, I'm very excited for all the future star Wars stuff, despite the fact that they kind of bungle the execution of the trilogy. The Marvel studios has a president. And Star Wars is it Kevin Feige or Feige? Is that yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy is the, the, the president of Lucasfilm inside of Disney. Yep. And so you know, if you look at the execution of, he became president of Marvel Studios in 2007, and is largely credited with, you know, Iron Man, which was like the first. That was so, and we talked about it so much in our episodes. That yeah. was so, we talked about a lot in the Tesla episode. You know, I mean, yeah. Elon Musk was uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s, you know, inspiration for Iron Man. Yeah. And so if you look at Iron Man in and what they did with Marvel Studios and like just basically they got a fresh start. There was no expectation. It was just like. And we've covered this before, but like that business decision creating marvel studios within marvel small independent public company headquartered in new york reclusive ceo you know making that decision to we're gonna build a studio nobody built studios at that point in time that was like one of the very 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 best business decisions of the 20th century so they get to play a lot with that cinematic universe because and what's interesting now is that under the disney umbrella they brought back X-Men back into the fold. You know, Spider-Man yep. sits in this well, weird... The Fox transaction. Sort yes, of, the, right? Like, have they fully... It's not in the MCU, but Disney owns it now. Oh, that's right. I was like, no, it's still licensed to 20th Century Fox. That's right. Yeah, so there's a yeah. lot of potential there. Because they've had so, to do this weird stuff with, like, these, like, tertiary X-Men characters right. coming into more... Yeah. Yeah, so then there's, like, this understanding between Sony and... And now Disney with Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, like, I just feel like Marvel Cinematic Universe gets to reinvent itself. And there's not this whole, like, mythology of what is a Jedi. It's like, they just keep changing the rules. They're like, oh, Thor. Yeah, this is Thor now. <laughs> and yeah. um, there's less expectations with Marvel. Yeah, there's a lot less weight. Yeah. And that's what I was getting with, like, the, it's not, you don't have to carry the weight of the, the those links right. generation to generation. You can reinvent. Yeah. And 
what will be really interesting is if Disney tries that playbook with Star Wars. Basically says, you know what? Like, at some point, do you basically say, like, we're just going to, like, create yeah. new stuff? I wonder if the Solo movie was a, a toe dip in the water on that might front. Have, might have been. I'm still a fan. I know lots of people hate it. One of our most prominent and active listeners who's in the Slack, Preet Anand, is uh, very critical of me and says that I have no taste in anything <laughs> in my life because I liked Solo. But uh, I didn't like it as much as Rogue One, which I think Rogue Jay One was legit a great yeah, movie. That was like the best. That was the best Star Wars movie of of the of the five that Disney's done. You think better than Force Awakens? Yeah, man the the battle scene on that planet was so awesome. Yeah, it was. And they brought Darth Vader back. Like, that is, like, as much fan service as it gets. It was an amazing movie already. And then it's like, and we're going to show you the exact moments before A New Hope and how badass Darth Vader is right before he bursts into the ship. Like, we, that is the only time we get full Darth Vader. You're right. And, and Chathan, that's the only time where you're right. Like, he's like, I think he almost flies, doesn't he? Like he he he's like throwing people at the ceiling, like breaking their back by force, lifting them yeah. against the ceiling. He's like actively sword fighting in like yeah. a athletic way, unlike all yeah. of his other. It's the first time that was see, badass. Yeah, you see, that's that was really good. I mean, the thing about Solo is they bring Darth Maul back, which was weird. Which was just like <laughs> he got cut in half. <laughs> yeah. What happened? He has spider legs now. Yeah, it's like what. Okay. Yeah. They're really, I mean, uh, wasn't, it, wasn't look, there a rumor that Snoke was Darth Maul for before? That would have been well, a good rumor. Or that would have been, been a good, been a good mar- rumor, but now Snoke doesn't matter. Because he was, was created a in a test tube. tube. Baby. That was yeah. one of my biggest disappointments. <laughs> that Snoke didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, puppet, puppet, that's the best you can come up with. Yeah. yeah. And I thought in Force Awakens, it was actually, he did a really good job. Like, Snoke was at this, like, yeah, good character. Yeah, I mean, he was all big. You didn't know his actual yeah, size, and right. there was the whole wizard, the Oz, of yeah. Oz, uh, yeah, analogy. I can sense where we're sort of heading here, so I want to get a few more uh, loves and didn't likes in before we transition. Babu Frick is an amazing character <laughs> yes. that I really wanted more of. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. W- the line when C three PO looks over, goes Babu Frick. He's one of my oldest friends. <laughs> yeah, I just died. Uh, that was that's so really good. good. C-3PO does a really good job in that. C-3PO is a oh, good character. Oh, dude, this is, I think is John Gruber, the Daring Fireball writer on Twitter, who said, this is C-3PO's best movie since Empire. Yeah, for sure. He's really, like, really, really good. Yeah. Is it still Anthony Daniels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I love that these, these, these guys have this longevity. Like, who's Palpatine? The actor that plays Palpatine, it's been the same guy since the original, since That's 1977. Right. And amazingly, yeah. like, he looks like the Emperor does, or I'm sorry, in 1983. He looks like the Emperor does in 1983, and then he looks like Palpatine does in the prequels. Like, <laughs> yeah. makeup is amazing. Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott, yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, really cool to see some of these people play the same character over all these all these years another thing i wanted to call out poe dameron's like look at the end with his lady friend like so good like movie making like body language acting han solo reference all really good very much so thing i didn't like what a waste of the knights of ren oh yeah like hopefully that's like in the jj cut but like we have no explanation of the backstory. We have no explanation of like, I guess they're not force sensitive, but like 
what other Sith assembles this like random band of like knights yeah. to it's like that do nothing blending this random mythology and then he takes them out like nothing at the end like he just, yeah. just he wrecks them it's too bad that disney and i think luke well but disney's video game strategy is mostly outsourced now instead of insourced but mm. and there have been some good ones but um knights of ren would make fun awesome video game mm. like i would play that video game to get yeah. the backstory and just to like yeah. be badass as the, like yeah. all the various knights are in yeah ea's doing star wars now so we'll be curious to see what they'll do if they do anything with knights of rent but yeah you're right like the most hype that the right knights of rent got i felt like was in the trailer for force awakens yeah. where you see them yeah in the rain and you're like whoa this guy has right. an, like a crew <laughs> that he's rolling right. with yeah and then it's like okay so you go through the force awakens and you just see it in that ray vision and you're like okay okay we're cool like we're gonna get this in the last jedi and then the last jedi you don't see them and then you get to you get all the way to the rise of skywalker and you're like they just are like serving in the desert and then they're like searching on that other planet and then they're just and then they gone. Get worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On Exegol. It's like, okay. Honestly, the best thing about them was that, that they got to be the prop in the fight scene at the end, particularly when Ben Solo gets the lightsaber, he's fighting them. And then like, he takes a break and he leans over with the, the lightsaber, like behind his back, kind of like up his spine. And he like takes the hit. It's like, it, he gets to show off this interesting, it's basically a new character because he's not playing Kylo Ren anymore. And it shows Adam Driver's depth that he plays a completely different role where he's like, it's more like Han Solo. He's confident, he's cocky, but he kind of doesn't know how to use a lightsaber. And he kind of, it feels like he's figuring all this out for the first time. First of all, he had no lines in the last 60 minutes of the movie, which I found unbelievable when I learned that. He, after he, his last line is, I think, when he's talking to his dad yeah. and, With Han and, he Solo. Says, yeah. and he says, dad, and then Han yeah. Solo says, I know. Like, dad is his last line other than ow when he's <laughs> falling down that hole. Yeah. Which that was, a, I think, like, that was a screw up. They totally should have, like, made his last line be dad. But the last 60 minutes of the movie where he, everyone's crediting with being this incredible actor, like, no lines. That's awesome. Really cool. It's really cool. So anyway. Do you guys think he, uh, I've, I've been thinking about this, is he genuinely a different person when he comes back to him? Because, like, you know, there's the redemption arc and all that, sure. but then he's just like, dude, you you killed like billions of people, like billions. And there's very Do much you a really Catholic get to last be redeemed rights thing. for that. Like, yeah, like he gets to be like a Jedi in heaven. Like he gets to be a Force ghost. It's like you really planets, man. No, Anakin. <laughs> look, Anakin got to be a Force ghost. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if Anakin got to be a Force ghost, that they they established the rules of the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Anakin yeah. got to be a Force ghost. So, yeah. all right. It's good to know. All right. But, you know, I think the one thing that is is interesting is that I do think that this movie is rewatchable. I think all three movies in this trilogy are really, really rewatchable. Yeah. Because, like, there will be scenes that you won't like, and you'll just get used to, like, going through them. Like, every time I watch The Last Jedi, like, you know, the, the horses escaping. Yeah. You do everything uh, you, know. you can to get to the throne room. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, like we're just gonna get past this and we're gonna move on and then you know the last Jedi has some really good spots in it. And then obviously in The Force Awakens there's like really fun scenes. Like, you know, when they're at in um on that planet and 
you know, Han offers Ray a job. It's like a really fun scene. And then, you know, Kylo shows up on that planet and that whole like yeah. fight. And then if you'll remember when you were watching The Force Awakens and the X-Wing shows up onto that planet oh. and you're like goosebumps. You're like, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> and um, and the formation and they're like skimming off the water. Oh. Like, it's, it's yeah, Star Wars porn. <laughs> <laughs> talk about fan service and then oh you dude, know it's like, the first time the millennium falcon flies in an atmosphere like when we're seeing it fly it, it was in the trailer like through i th- next to or through a crash star destroyer you're like right. oh my god the millennium falcon can fly like out of space you know like around in planets yeah and then you know finn handles a lightsaber and is yep. i think the final time he touches the lightsaber right because he doesn't yeah i don't think so he in, doesn't in touch Last it Jedi. yeah no. and he's not in, he's not doing mm. anything lightsaber oh, i didn't see that i didn't notice that so like finn yeah handles the lightsaber kind of holds his own for a little bit with kylo right? yeah um it's which, interesting like, like i didn't, I didn't he... think force sensitive then and I, I didn't remember a lot of talk about it but it's yeah. only now but yeah oh, yeah that was like set up yeah so there's also a little bit of like a power leveling issue there where like kylo is uh what is it a power kylo and ray are a power unseen in the force in generations and like he's getting beat by finn an untrained well he is force sensitive remember he got trooper he's shot that's the sure, yeah that's he the justification like, in the chest yeah so. like jj does this thing where he's like kylo is bleeding and he has to punch yeah. himself to yeah, like no, that's right. <laughs> which what is that yeah it's like oh i'm healed <laughs> <laughs> punch myself. does that work i don't know <laughs> he's just typing himself up man <laughs> there are some like loops that that are closed in this trilogy like you know, when um, Ray's holding that lightsaber with Kylo and then the force like you, like the force actually talks to her almost and she's like feels it and fights back. So, you know, I think that all three movies are really rewatchable. I w- if you guys have not tried to rewatch the prequels. I will Dude, really well. encourage. I watched I watched like every movie up until like before this one as like a Let's oh, you did the journey. whole series. Oh, you series. did. Like, did you do yeah. it? One, two, three, four, five, six. One, so did two, you do three, the prequels four, first? Five, six, seven, solo, eight, Rogue One, and then this. Okay. Wow. You did do Rogue One before four. No, I messed up. Yeah. Next time. <laughs> but <laughs> Next honestly, time. like it is, it is like a. You feel like I'm like eating my vegetables watching the prequels. You're like, I'm yeah, yeah. This for it's, completeness. Yeah. It's tough. Like yeah. especially like episode two. It is tough. Yeah, I got like two two major beefs with the whole prequels, but episode two in particular, because I think it's the the worst one. One is there's no subtext ever in dialogue. Everyone just says what they're feeling. It's like it's like the guy who wrote it has like never written any sort of fiction before it's really strange you're like didn't you write star wars like it's he's like from my point of view the jedi are evil and you're like well god damn it can't you find a better way to express that through like inc- like amazing narrative dri- uh, uh, anyway so that really bothered me the second one is the dialogue between anakin and padme is like uh, nothing about any of that screams wooing like you watch it and you're like, where's the part where she could have credibly fallen in love with him? He's it's like is the strangest like and then she just arrives at this moment where she's like, But I love you so much. 
and you're like, what? How? How? A- absent us knowing that this is that's where this was going, if this was any other movie, in what world would I, you have been like, oh yeah, the things that you said to each other definitely are like a romance. It makes me infuriated to watch it. Yes, that is the worst part of watching the prequels for me. It is. It's tough. It's really tough. And you want to talk about like, um, you know, it's like you thought lightsabers were cool. How about two lightsabers? Oh, how about a droid Sith thing that has four (laughs) lightsabers? It's got six. And it's like, uh, ah. You're right, it was four. It's like. And he coughs. Yeah, it's hard. That's a follow-up episode of like. That, but that would just not be that fun. Maybe we should do like episode four, five, and six in Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One. I, I would, I'd be down for a watch um, a Mystery Science Theater 3000, Acquired Science Theater 3000 of yeah. Rogue One. and then That's actually kind of yeah. fun. You time sync it. You yeah. start, the, start them at the same time and yeah, we should totally do that. All right. I have one closing take on, before we go into whatever our next sections are, the uh, the best take that I saw was, this movie, evident by the pacing issues and a lot of the sort of rewrites and retcons that are happening, is basically J.J. doing his own eight and nine combined into nine, where he's saying, I I, I kind of want two movies to do all this, but I just get yeah, one, so here's what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, the Palpatine reveal is big. It's like, raise a Palpatine. I mean, yeah. if there was a spot to reveal that, it's when she's on the planet and in the, like, the dark zone looking into that mirror and it's like it's yeah. like that's the right? spot yeah <laughs> you mean looking yeah. into the mirror of yeah. Yeah. like in the chamber yes. of secrets <laughs> that is where you're supposed to see your parents yeah. like harry sees yeah. the parents <laughs> i think we've uncovered like the whole thing the inspiration for this trilogy harry, potter. harry potter here we go yeah <laughs> raised slytherin <laughs> maybe you just uncovered even more like Ray's not Slytherin in the same way that Harry wasn't Slytherin Harry just had a bond with the worst Slytherin person of all time in the same way that like Ray has the dyad with like the most powerful Sith of all time like (laughs) yeah um you heard it here first exactly like that's that's when like the reveal was supposed to happen it was like okay like tell us that she's a Palpatine and wasn't it odd? Yeah, like when she's down there and she's like looking in the mirror yeah. and like it's kind of a long scene where it's like chook, 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 chook. No, 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 no. And you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. Only to show that it's her own reflect- reflection. Like it's a very Ryan Johnson way to be like, you thought you were going to get an answer here, but all she's right. showing is she can and only it's like, rely on her herself. parents don't matter. And it was like, and then they go back into this, like they have that amazing Snoke fight. And then, you know, Adam Driver is telling, is saying, has these lines. It's like, your parents. They're nobody. They're, They're nobody. You're nobody. They're garbage. Exactly. Oh, they're jokes. Sold you for They're drinking money. Like he's just like <laughs> you got the you got that voice spot on. There. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like and you know you're there and in the context of all three movies you're just like ah oh, what a missed opportunity to like if that's where you were going why didn't we decide this? Like, why didn't somebody write this down at the beginning of the trilogy? And it was like, Hey everybody, here are the rules you have to follow. Raise a Palpatine. <laughs> like she has force lightning. Well, there's a lot of money writing. Yeah. On this. It's like, like here are the biographies of each of the characters. Do as you, you know, like it's like we couldn't mess with Harry Potter halfway through <laughs> and be like, ah, I, I should have looked this up before. But so, 
Lawrence Kasdan co-wrote Force Awakens, yes. right? Yes. Was he involved in eight and nine? No, he was uh, not involved in nine. See, that's it. He, he's like he's the magic. Yeah, I, I mean, so. it's all that comes on. Yeah. But like, he is such a big part of the Star Wars yeah. magic. Yeah. Yes. And he was involved yeah. in four, five, and six, right? He wrote. Uh, he was, um, I believe, most well known for Empire. I think Empire is my favorite Star Wars movie. I mean, that's that's not questionable. Yes, Green Bay. Do you guys know how they filmed the no, uh, no. "I Am Your Father" scene? Mm-mm. Do you guys know the the lore behind this? So the scripts that were distributed to all of the actors confirmed. By the way. Uh, cast in co-writer on force awakens not involved in eight and nine yeah he's in return of the jedi he's in good to know empire strikes back obviously sorry uh the the scripts to keep to keep the yeah yeah that none of the crew knew what the line was that george lucas said oh yeah the dramatic reveal is luke i I, you know i killed your father and like that's what it said in the script and like it's not like that that's not really a reveal because i think we knew that or that was what we were told to that point and then, like, five minutes before filming, like, George goes and tells David Prowse and Mark Hamill, like, actually, so here the lines. And that, like, they were obsessed wow. with the secret not getting out. That's so good. And yeah. so the scream that Luke, like, where he's just, like, yelling, no. It's oh, good. yeah. Like, he didn't have time to process that. Yeah. Right. That was authentic. <laughs> he was actually reacting to George telling him. No. Yeah. And so we didn't have that Empire moment in this trilogy of like, you know, if New Hope and Force Awakens are the parallel, you know, we didn't have the Empire, you know, Last and Jedi when I, when I thought in, in Last Jedi, what I thought it was going to be, I mean, they couldn't have done this, but for a moment when I was first watching it in theaters, in the throne room scene, I thought that um, Kylo and Ray were going to do it. And they were going to throw away the past and be like, "Yeah, th- no more Jedi, no more Sith. Yeah, this is the future." And of course, they didn't. But yeah, yeah, I, I got chills at that moment. I'm like, "This is the Empire moment." Yeah, and he yeah. is, he, and he's really convincing. Like when he delivers yeah, that yeah, line, let, of, the let, it all die. let the past die, and he like he looks at her, he's, he holds out his hand. I mean, it's like really like. Oh, I kind of want to do it. Okay, what sections do we want to do? So I think it'd be fun to do grading for sure. There's a way we could kind of do what could have happened otherwise, but I think we've done a zillion other like... Yeah, let's do grading. And then it looks like we have an hour and a half of content, which you will probably cut down anyway. So probably good. Yeah, let's just do... <laughs> ben loves. <laughs> like we're we keeping all we our, got another hour and a half. <laughs> ben, yeah, Ben's like we we're keeping my rants. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is like this is actually really good chemistry because David is like too nice to like rip on me. It's true. So it's, it's true. like <laughs> yeah. it's this good to have what a foil here. You have venture partner <laughs> on the show. Partner. I get the venture partner in the show more often. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, (laughs) go ahead Ben alright so we're in grading or you know what part of grading is like relative to the other Star Wars of of just the trilogies so of the nine where would you place Rise of Skywalker I like that yeah stack rank my stack rank so give us give us your full list yeah so I'm yeah Empire Star Wars Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, 
Rise of Skywalker, The Last Jedi. This is a little bit of a curveball, but the Revenge of the Sith, The Phantom Menace, yeah. uh, Attack of the Clones. I would put it sixth. I would say Empire, Star Wars slash New Hope. And this is where, you know, this is a bit of controversial opinion, I think. But, you know, I really like The Force Awakens. I was going to do the same thing. Yeah. Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi is a toss up. And like. It is pretty good. And I do think Return of the Jedi with all the special editions and like the added scenes, it gets a little goofy. (laughs) Um, So I think, you know. Coin I'm with flip. you. I think Return of the Jedi is where the crazy George Lucas started to show through. <laughs> and then the prequels are just like, oh, man. Um, so, you know, I would actually take Force Awakens. I'll take Force Awakens third. For three. Yeah, or Return of Jedi. I put Return of Jedi four, Last Jedi five, Rise of Skywalker six, then Phantom Menace. Revenge of, of the Sith, <laughs> and then Attack of the Clones. I have the. I'm going to do the same order as you, except reverse um, Revenge of the Sith and and uh, Phantom Menace. Put Phantom Menace number eight. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. For me, I Force Awakens ranks in above Jedi for me, uh, or above Return of the Jedi, and Last Jedi above Rise yeah. of Skywalker. I think we often forget how much time we spend on Ewoks yeah. in Return of the Jedi. Like yeah. we spend, which by the way are never spoken. They never say Ewok, and it's just like the numb amount of time you spend on that. I mean, it's great, but it's like then you just kind of realize, like, is this a kid movie? Like, are we are we doing a kids movie now? Like, you know, there's like which George Lucas would tell you, yeah, <laughs> they've all been kids movies, <laughs> right? That is true. Like it, you do have this sort of random, like, and and the the power dynamic gets all messed up again. Like the thing that really bothers me in in mythical universes is when they don't keep power levels consistent. And so, like, you have these like imperial, like they're not the ATATs or the ATSTs, but like they're these imperial walkers that like are able to be taken down by Ewoks. Yeah. Like really? Well, and then the, and, and, no, and the no very same Mandalorian. Like yeah. Ma- Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? Like those little bears. Couldn't like like they threw some rocks and it <laughs> fell over and like it's yeah it really um, bothers me yeah I mean and then like in Empire I mean everybody just gets crushed like the the Empire you know is so powerful and like Han Solo's for yeah. I mean it's just it's brutal dude that scene when the doors open and Vader's sitting yeah. there at the Thanksgiving yeah. dinner table waiting for you it's like, brutal yeah. right it's just like want you take a loss after loss after loss and you get into return of jedi and you're like why is it flipping so easily like (laughs) we just got crushed it's like what like you know it's like we couldn't we can't win no matter what and then like in the other one it's like we can win we can't not win <laughs> yeah it's like it's like uh the yeah. empire's like the like the gold like state warriors Ford it's like yeah. last year's gold state warrior versus this <laughs> yeah. year's like it's like all of a sudden we can't you know we're just gonna win every shot here can i also say like boba fett dies a very 
very like ignominious. Un- yeah, he just uh, like flies off. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible yeah. death. And then oh, he's yeah. down in the Sarlacc pit, dead. And you're like, I'm sorry, he's like the best bounty hunter to ever live, and he's a Mandalorian, and like he's it's like storied warrior, and that's how it ends. Like the, again, the power leveling, you're like, uh, okay, I guess that's how he dies. I got one more question. Grading. Where would you guys place Rogue One if you had to insert Rogue One into the into the number of episodes yeah. in your ranking? Probably above Force Awakens, so I'd probably put it Ooh, number three. Yeah, I think it's above Return of the Jedi for me, so it's also number three. Wow. How about you? I'm number four. Force Awakens above Rogue One. Yeah. By the way, so you guys know uh, Empire Strikes Back being the favorite is not necessarily a widely held belief. It's like usually three with it being A New Hope and then Return of the Jedi and then... And the reason is because it really doesn't end. Like the way it sort of ends is this anticlimactic, depressing, like there's no sort of like classic hero's journey of the rise the fight the win the come down it's it's like it's a perfect transition movie where actually very similar to the last jedi's credit they end it in a very similar way where it's like is there any hope that's true but like when we sort of see them all sort of just like regrouped on the side of that carrier ship the rebel carrier ship in uh at the end of return i'm sorry empire strikes back and just going off into space and then we get the credits it's like it's pretty rough that's true we've only experienced empire well all these but empire included with the like oh time to queue up return of the jedi yeah, that's but right. like if you saw I can't that imagine the theater, waiting yeah, two like, years after that <laughs> yeah i mean well we waited two years after the last jedi yeah it's a fair point we know exactly how it yeah goes. and yeah exactly but you know what's interesting is like if you go back to some of the interviews that um the original cast members did around the release of you know the original star wars new hope now I just don't think they knew how big of a deal this was going to be. Yeah. Like, I don't think that anyone realized at the time that you're creating a Star Wars, you know, movie universe that was going to extend decades. Yeah. Dude, because, sci- like, everything they did was out of... F- I mean, we can use whatever, like, stupid investor comment we want here, whether it's uh, contrarian or whether it's non-consensus or whether it's narrative violation, but, like... You know, sci-fi was a genre for serials and sort of like goofy Star Trek-like things, like Flash Gordon. I mean, you didn't have like big budget blockbuster sci-fis. That's not what it was for. And coupled with that, like you didn't have big classical scores. Like that era was dead. And here we are with a John Williams, London Symphony Orchestra composed. Like the whole thing is like so counter to what movies were at the time. So like, of course, there's no indicators to you that like this will be a big blow up. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how that worked out. So, you know, I if you just look at this universe as it's set up today, if you look at what Disney is doing with The Mandalorian, there's no way, I mean, of course we're not done with the content because, you know, they bought Lucasfilm for $4.1 billion. I don't know that, you know, because when we talk about the movies, we're talking about ticket sales so it's Mm -hmm. revenue not profit and so you know we're not sure if they're back to 1x just yet these movies cost two to three hundred million to make each yeah and then marketing budget uh, but there's the disney flywheel yeah right you know then you have the theme parks remember bb8 sales <laughs> right. of toys in uh what was that company sphero that did the um sphero the, did uh, the tech BB-8. stars disney accelerator yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Dude, I, I still can't get over the fact that toys and theme parks make 2x what the movies do. Yeah. Like for every dollar that you get out of the content this way, you get yeah. two out of theme parks. So. so look, I mean, I think if you are Disney and you paid $4 billion for an IP portfolio, like you have a return threshold you're expecting. I'm sure there's an investment. There's an M&A memo. Oh, for Disney? Of course. <laughs> in the, Strap planning. Yeah. Like Kevin somebody Mayer. wrote that memo that was like expect and then did an expected return matrix. Yep. And, you know, I'd love to see that leaked yeah. at some point. But like, you know, I, you know, I'd love to see that that memo. But there is an expected return. They have a plan. I, I think Star Wars is the worst of the three, though. If you look at Pixar... Lucasfilm and Marvel. I think Marvel might Marvel's be the best, best by far. Like I don't think it's but yeah. Even Lu- close. Lucasfilm. Like how much? How much movie operating profit do you think they make, or gross profit do you think they make on each one of these? So like if they if they bought, if they gross on average one and a half billion. Well, well, um, yeah, okay. So on average one and a half billion. Let's assume three hundred million production double that for marketing so you're probably yeah, like, i feel like they pull in half a billion dollars yeah so somewhere between okay. half a billion and a billion in gross profit so let's call it 750 million per film so now there's three films and the other two did a little bit smaller so you've got call the other two combined about a billion of gross profit uh, maybe about a half billion because I think they actually may have gotten close to a loss on Solo. Mm. Yeah, Solo. So you got very poorly. To to about two point seven five billion. So see, you of, got a half a turn on a on a on a four point one billion dollar purchase price. You've got half of that returned on gross profits from box yeah. office. So they got me to go Disneyland for yep. to go see Galaxy's Edge. So I haven't been yet. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of yeah, other people. Yeah, I have to go. Have you been to Galaxy Edge? No, I need yeah. to. We're thinking about planning it's a awesome. February trip. Um, yeah. Dude, I'll go with you. I want to go back. Great. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, that is that is ROIC for Disney right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, I bet they're about break even. If, if like when we're talking through this, two billion from from movies and and another two billion from merch and, and theme parks. I bet somewhere in the six months before to six months in the future and someone only only disney knows this but uh somewhere in this 12 month time window i bet they're exactly break even on the purchase so that's okay now is that good eight years uh for no (laughs) for return of capital no yeah no i mean eight years for return of capital but disney plus you've got the assets now true that's a big driver. I mean, we've talked about yeah. the Mandalorian is like the driver. Of well, Disney I mean, Plus. if you're Disney and you're thinking about aggregating IP, yeah, and the Star Wars deal is up, you kind of have to go get it. Yeah, right. That's true. Like in the same way that like WhatsApp had to be purchased by Facebook for for whatever price. Like if you are in an IP aggregation, if you think the future is IP aggregation, and you think it's a zero sum game, essentially. Yeah. Where you, as we talked about in the Disney Plus episode, you can't let any of the other major media companies get enough critical mass right. to, yeah. Like, how much would Apple or Netflix pay for Star Wars if it was an independent organization today? Right. Like, if you think yeah. about, if you would think about Netflix, have, have been a bidder today. Absolutely, of course, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, 
Like, if you look at who's in the streaming wars <laughs> today, like, of course you'd go buy that app, IP portfolio. That whole has Netflix bought any IP? Has any who else have has Amazon? I guess Amazon bought The Expanse. Yeah, but who else has bought? Yeah, IP? but there haven't been any IP on the scale of these the trilogy of Disney acquisitions. Like Marvel, like Marvel, Marvel, yeah, Marvel hasn't been. And, um, and Disney lucked out at that moment in time because yeah. Netflix Harry wasn't Potter. big enough yet that they could bid for them. Yeah, uh, Universal and Harry Potter is kind of the only other. Yeah, but they haven't been successful in creating any Harry Potter spinoffs. No, Harry Potter does not look like it'll extend like Star Wars. If you're Disney, you had to make the purchase. Yes. Again, going back to the Disney investment memo. It'd be really curious how quickly they thought they'd they get to one X. Yep. And then how quickly they thought, you know, when will they hit two X? That's sort of the interesting question. That like, is, let's say they've reaped yeah. their costs now. What? How do they generate another four billion dollars of profit? profit? It has to be. I mean, how could you do this without movies? I don't know. You have to do movies, right? Although the economics of Disney Plus. Yeah, are so good. Now, not as good as ESPN carriage fees. That's the best business model in right. the media business ever. But um, if you drive, how many incremental Disney Plus subscriptions is Star Wars going to drive? Yeah. And what's your average lifetime? I mean, they drove all of them that weren't Verizon so far. And like, you think it was all? That's actually not true. A lot of people, a lot of people signed up for to to get access to the movies, but like. That, I mean, I feel like the running joke on Disney Plus right now is like, it's cool that I get access to all the Disney movies with my six ninety nine purchase of The Mandalorian every month. <laughs> yeah. yeah. $5.99? Uh, $6.99. Yeah. 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 And then Mandalorian, if you just look at how you'd get to another $4 billion, like incremental subscribers of Disney Plus, that's like a big... I mean, you are, yeah. you are generating real big shows then on disney plus around this ip so you're the beauty the beauty of the subscription business model that is different economics than anything else is you leverage fixed costs across the subscriber base and so if you're playing the subscriber base game you 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 can yeah you're thinking about cash flow returns on individual properties but you're really thinking about how can i dump as much fixed cost as possible into this so yeah i mean who knows maybe Maybe you don't need another movie. Maybe you can just do shows. I'll throw this out there. You generate $4.2 billion from Disney Plus in one year in revenue with 50 million subscribers. So you need additional yeah. 50, like, okay. I mean, I, and, and like, I think they'll be at 50 million subscribers in yeah, a, couple years. a year or two. Yep. Okay. And that's Three, maybe. recurring annual revenue. Now, of course, this turn and whatnot, but like, yeah, and like, how much yeah. of that is attributable to Star Wars? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but that is the beauty of subscription a... economics of like recurring annual revenue, fully incremental cash flow across yes. a mix across a fixed. Cost I promise rate. you, somebody at Disney has done this analysis. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Just, just one guy in the corner who's curious. <laughs> yes, Bob's <laughs> doing it on his whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. It's the third time Bob's at a whiteboard in 25 years. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, that's... So I think we're going to see a lot more of stuff. We have to. Like, it's just, you know, if you put this much fixed cost into it, it's just a matter of time before they keep trying to go back to it. And so... Yeah. All right. On that note, we wrapped Jathan. it up. 
thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Both of you. This is fun. Appreciate you. Uh, this is so fun. We'll get you your uh, your venture partner paperwork this afternoon. Thank you. Do I get a jacket, yeah. t-shirt? Yeah. So far, you get a t-shirt. Okay. And you be satisfied with that for the time. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my pleasure looking forward to doing so this fun. again next time we'll like go back to enterprise software yeah. <laughs> <laughs> return of the enterprise yeah return of the enterprise yeah all right thanks everyone thank awesome. you lps see you later